Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's my standard break from life. I've got my a regular wife. problem, so my standard break from life is in order. I'm having trouble making sentences, I'm older, but I don't feel any smart. I don't know why I put a cough drop in my mouth right before yeah, we started to do the podcast. Seems like a really odd decision. I but, feel uh, like, I feel wasteful dumping it, but I guess that's what, there's sacrifices that you gotta make for art. Especially when you do a show called, as you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio, and your name is Tim Crisp, mm-hmm. and you're sitting across from, not just a co-host, but a friend. And a cohort. And a cohort. Davis Anthony. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is here and uh, looking fresh with that. Someone did something about that unibrow. How about that? Yeah, I know. It's great. Um, but we are here and uh, and we're here to talk about a song by the Alkaline Show. A song brought to us this week by our Patreon pledgers. Ta-da! And maybe... You're not in the fold, and you're wondering, wait, hold up one second. Now, I've been thinking about going over to patreon.com slash as you were and pledging, but didn't we didn't we do that last week? Mm-hmm. And I'm all, yeah, we did. We also did it this week as a little bit of a thank you to our pledgers over yes. on patreon.com slash as you were. We've been MIA for a minute. Been MIA for a minute. As of recording, still have staples holding my stomach together, but as of posting, ideally those are out. Yeah, one would hope. Ideally those are out and I am working again and I am living no again. longer physically dependent on Vicodin. Uh-huh, yeah, that would be good. Insanity. If you've been following along with me over on Twitter, um, yeah, prescription drugs, bad, They're real bad, dude. I've quit. I've quit so many things in my life, and I have never felt as physically sick as I felt one night after not taking Vicodin for the first time in two and a half weeks. Yeah, insane. I've, I've always been so scared of that stuff, and it's like obviously it makes a lot of sense on why you need it. Yeah, because you have. An open stomach, essentially, still. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you're gonna have a rough few days. Definitely, I talked to my friend Jesse, who's a nurse, who's basically just like, "Yeah, it's gonna suck. So get some, get some severe flu medicine and some Maalox and some Gatorade and power through. Just power through. So I'll find a good time to do that this week. Yeah, yeah. Boy, you've had quite the journey. Well. I did have a non-standard break from life, uh huh. But here we are back with, uh, well, the 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 standard break of life, Dan's standard break from life. In fact, oh uh, yes, the song that we're going to talk about this week, the song that my brother mentioned uh, to me when I gave him a happy birthday message uh, the other day. My brother, who doesn't like music, and said at twenty three, it's not that great to complain about your sore back. And then I was like. Oh, you should try this uh, this yoga routine. It's great. You're uh-huh. an adult now. And then I said, oh, that was a reference to the Alkaline Trio. Huh. How about that? Do a podcast about them. I should have caught that one. Funny how that works. Yeah. But you know what? I'm just going to go out and say it. 
one of the reasons that it didn't jump out to me right away. This song, I'm kind of, it doesn't, doesn't do it for me. Kind of in that same boat. I know a lot of people really, really love this one. And I think part of it is, is that thing you just pointed out is there's a lot of like catchphrases in this from, I think the title is a thing people use the 23 swear back, like, uh, you know, waste your time without wasting all your time. There's a lot of like kind of pithy lines people can use as references. Right. And I don't dislike the song, but it's always been one of those where I have two. I have one reason why I don't really like it, and that's context. And a second reason, which is I think it would be better as an acoustic song. And I've only ever really seen it played that way by Dan Solo, and I always prefer it in that form. And it makes a lot of sense because this is a song where everything is just centered around Dan's lyrics of which there are a lot. Yeah, he's saying a lot of words. And a vocal melody, which is extremely guiding to this. It Mm -hmm. doesn't even matter what's happening underneath it. You're just immediately drawn to the vocal melody, and it kind of just goes. Yes. It's got a really nice instrumental break that comes after the chorus. I've always really liked that part. And I think that's part of the thing, is I think that's the only part that feels necessary as the full band. Well, it's... It's a fun little guitar line that is very not Matt. Yeah, well, and I think that's part of it, too, is this is the type of song where it sounds like Matt didn't play on it. Yeah, for sure. And and that's not a diss. Like, he's Uh capable, but, like, he doesn't play guitar this way. And this is so clearly guided by Dan that, I don't know, when they go into those breaks and those lines, like, I think it's cool, but so much of the song's length and the way the verses and choruses work is dependent on he's like, well, I have all these words. Right. So I think sometimes in a song like that, especially when it's like, when it's an acoustic song, you're really, you can do that a little more. You can be a little more long in the tooth with what you're saying because you're guiding it. There's these two pieces that's part of the form and the function. Whereas when you take it to full band, sometimes you need to make concessions of like, okay, maybe we shouldn't do this eight. Maybe we should do it six. Maybe we should do it four. And I think this song just feels a little plotting. It's a very long time before we get to the chorus, mm-hmm. which feels like an extension of the verse. And then obviously it's a long time before you get to that instrumental break. And we talked about this in pre-pro, but I always have, for some reason, a particularly short attention span with this song. I can only point to a handful of times when I've felt like I was with it from mm-hmm. start to finish and all of those times were when I was reading the lyrics. Sure. Even when I'm listening to it a few times in preparation for doing this thing, a couple times go through and I'm just like, I totally lost it there. See, I almost have the opposite problem is when it starts, it almost feels very skippable to me. Yeah. But if I stick with it to get to the, once that first instrumental break hits and then we go back into the second verse through, that's the thing is like, that first 90 seconds is really tough for me. Mm-hmm. Once I'm through there, I'm pretty with it. But what I was saying is like the first thing about the context for me was like the way I first heard the song was I got the Hell Yes 7 inch, mm-hmm. put on Hell Yes and was like, holy shit, this yeah. might be their best song. I love this song. And like played it over and over and over again before I flipped the record. And then I did and I was like, 
Huh. It's funny how that happens sometimes. I mean, there are, there are splits that have very good competing sides. Yes. That fucking you think i've flipped that summer vacation glockamora split oh yeah like and those are good summer vacation songs but they're the two best glockamora songs that's the thing is it's one of those types of things where this is just such a unique one where hell yes is an all-timer to me i think that song's perfect and i think that's a perfect example of matt really writing in a weird way that's him but kind of stretching and is built off of those very busy chord progressions he would do on the early stuff, but in a very kind of like, you know, delicate sense. It's the best from here to infirmary song. That's not on from here to infirmary. hundred percent. Um, and then my standard break from life has always paled in comparison because of that. I don't by any means think this is a bad song, but like being a kid and hearing hell yes. And being like, Whoa, this, this is incredible. And flipping it, it also kind of drove home that Matt Dan divide a little bit where I don't think the song is bad, but it's definitely like it doesn't feel like Alkaline Trio. Like this is a great Dan Andriano solo song. Yeah. This is an odd fit. Like it's it's really the only one in their catalog that sounds like this, even when he does that type of thing on Good Morning, which in my brain I can also hear like acoustic guitar layers in it, even if they're not there. Mm-hmm. This one just always feels like this is this could just be a pretty cool little acoustic song. Right. Like like if we never go inside, like it's so different from, you know, a song like All on Black that it Yes. That it does have a, a similar aspect to this, but it's within a range. And this one is it's so it's so different and there is, I think, something to be said about having a song that is so light in comparison to what's on the A side that yeah. it's really nice to cling to something that isn't just so demonic. Yeah. But it's never really never really sunk its teeth into me. Although, I mean, my friend Elena, shout out Elena, aim screen name was Standard Break. Yeah. Like this is one that I'll that people really, really cling to. And I think that it's almost entirely based on the lyrics and there's really i mean as as dense as they are you know you talked about a lot of the ones that stand out but just i think in general this is this approach is so different and there's so many things that i think feel so particular within it that it's like oh yeah i know that one totally and i think i totally get why people love this and because it's kind of a classic b-side in that way Mm -hmm. like in a very like traditional sense and i understand finding that and loving it and again like unlike last week where i wanted to shit on the world like this one uh i'm more like it's not for me but i do think it's good there's merit i totally understand it but one of the things that i think is also difficult is i feel like it's a song i've heard before and that song is redundant by green day Uh uh-huh and that's not a diss dan because i like the nimrod material a lot i like that period of green day kind of stretching outside of themselves but the tone and tenor and the playing is very reminiscent of the slower nimrod era green day material 100 percent, and it's that's so spot on that when i was 15 and my friend carl was like this just sounds like a green day song and i'm like oh that is kind of what it is about this song huh 
because it is a Green Day song. And no knock on Green Day, but just melodically, that whole, it's, God, Billy Joe, I can't believe the vocal melodies that that guy writes. No, I mean, so there's a good friend, James Goodson, is now doing a podcast about Green Day called Nimrods. It's great. Oh, wait, hold up one second. About no, that's our idea. Doing a song by song podcast about a band. We started that trend. Yeah, I. I mean, I. I think that's how the world works. Really. I look at that Twitter. Yeah. Sometimes, and it's just like, Who oh, do you think you are? God, I would hate Being to live that, that life. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. I highly recommend it uh nimrods nimrods we're down with nimrods yes those are those are the homies but and that's been fun because i've been listening to that and therefore revisiting a lot of green day stuff and revisiting nimrod and revisiting warning in particular both of which came out before my standard break from life it's kind of like oh i i definitely think this was maybe an influence that i think in the present someone wouldn't clue in on and i think when people think of green day those records and a lot of those type of songs are kind of lost to the memories because it's not what we think of. There's, you know, there's, it's either 1994 or 2004. And then if there's anything in that spot, it's just time of your life. Yeah. So like revisiting that, it's like, Oh, that stuff was influential. Nimrod was a fucking huge record because of time of your life, but there's a lot of really good stuff on that record. And, and, they're stretching and also like so fucking young. Mm-hmm. Like they're writing those songs when they were like 25 years old, which is crazy. It's absurd. Um, but similarly, I think, I think Dan's maybe going for that. If not overtly, I think it comes through in a way that I will say is pretty nice, pretty affecting. But when, now when I hear it, I'm just like, Oh, I want to listen to Nimrod. Yeah. Sure. You know? And I, that's not a diss, but it's just kind of how it is. Sometimes there are those things where you hear it and you're like, oh, this just makes me want to hear that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, or you're watching something and you're like, I just want to watch that instead. Yeah. That's kind of what the song does for me. And I think that, you know, going back to your point about it making a little bit more sense acoustic, I don't think that that connection is necessarily made as a song that's just written on an acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. but in the full band uh, case, it's just kind of unavoidable. Yeah. I mean, it's the type of song where Dan probably had a demo of this or played it for them, and they were like, that's awesome. Let's use it. That makes perfect fucking sense to me. But it's a song that's so kind of locked in and so, I don't want to say simple, but that guitar and his vocals are the memorable parts, mm-hmm. period. So to build other things around them, sometimes you get really locked into that. You get really locked into like, there's really only one thing I can do here. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of what happens. I do think those instrumental breaks are nice and they kind of play off things a little more and have a nice movement to them. But I think this song is so anchored just by the lyrics he has and the vocal melody he has that I think as a B-side, if it was Hell Yes and then this song is an acoustic song, I think I would have more affinity for it. Because I think it would highlight that difference a little more. This this song feels so playful as is that I think it could still feel that way, but still have that hint of darkness if it was just him and a guitar. Um, and like I said, every time I've seen him play solo and he's played this, I'm like, oh, this is cool. You know, it's fun. And 
it feels kind of like it totally makes sense why people love it, why it's that B side they latch onto, and why it's kind of a fan favorite. It may not be that for me, but I see why it's all there. This isn't one of those where I'm like, oh, I don't get it. Right. It's just I don't feel it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah, totally. Maybe I, everyone disagrees. I mean, it's kind of, it, we, I don't think we really too often deviate from the, you know, the top of the top is pretty much our top of the top. And, yes. and, and the bottom of the bottom is, at least for a large section of fans, is that same sure, bottom sure. of the bottom. But the middle is where it. Right. And I think that this is I think that this is for a lot of people. It's it's near the top of the top. Maybe it's even higher. Um, But I think for me, it's kind of like just below that. Yeah. Tier, you know, or even like the, the the second tier below it. It's just like this is a good song. There are so many good songs and this has never been presented in a way that. I've come away from it being like, oh, fuck, yeah. Well, I think it's that, and I think it's also this weird one that's kind of hard to contextualize. Like, if I was trying to get someone into Alkaline Trio, this wouldn't be in the first 50 songs I play them. Right. You know what I mean? And that's not a knock on the song, but it just feels so alien from everything else. Like, this song has always felt so distinct. Yeah. Where it's like, the fact this didn't end up on the Mike Dan split or something, kind of crazy to me. And I think you're right because you could you could take a song like Nose Over Tail and just be like, oh, well, here if you like this, like here's here's a smattering of others, fifteen more, yeah. nothing really related to this, which and is why it's cool. I think that's yeah, I think that's why it's cool too, and I think that's why B sides are cool is because it honestly, I I find it a little funny that um that I'm making this connection now, but when I started off this poll. You know, sometimes we'll do different ways of, of sure, putting sure. The, the four options together. And I started this out as just a B-Sides poll. Mm. And then you go through their discogs and you realize that most of their singles are just singles. Yes. And maybe a demo of a different or of a album track or something yeah, like yeah. that. They don't have that many traditional B-Sides. B-Sides to singles. This is really only one of a couple. Yeah. And this one it it is nice because there are there's a great kind of tradition in throwing down different types of ideas yes. onto a b-side because why not yeah. and Ooh. interestingly in this case it, this was one that connects for a good portion of the fan base and i think that our our criticism of it is partially just because it doesn't really fit anywhere else, which isn't a good or bad thing. In fact, I think it's a better thing than... I agree. I agree. Know? I think I think that's what makes it special, and I think it's because it's a song that for so many years was one of the few secrets, mm-hmm. you know, because the early stuff was, minus like Week Week, was all on the self-titled. And then after Remains came out, I think this song, I don't want to say lost its luster, but I think it... it it opened that door a lot. Yeah, but Whereas, there's a long time before Remains. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's that's many years. Dude, I'm telling you, I saw that screen name, Elena, and I was like, oh, badass. No, and I think you that's know? the thing, is I think this song signifies a lot. If this is a song you love, it's probably because you found it around the time it came out or shortly thereafter, and it felt like this is, this is so different, and this is so cool, and mm-hmm. it's still them, and it has all those 
I have nothing really bad to say about it in terms of songwriting, in terms of whatever. It just doesn't do it for me. But I have songs like that by other bands where I'm like, that's the fucking one. Like, that's the fucking one. And people are probably like, you're crazy, dude. Right. Well, I mean, think about it in this context, too, of, you know, we talked about what what a hook of a vocal melody it is, how much it reminds you of, of a band like Green Day. Think about finding this when you don't know music other than Green Day. Think about the way a song like this is going to connect to you because he's saying things that are way more personal than someone like Billy Joe is going to write on a Green Day record. And I also want to point out, like, if we're taking it in the time and place of release, like, all the bands that are around aren't really doing anything like this. Mm-hmm. Like, this stands out from the Chicago, like, pop and pop, pop punk and punk scene very dramatically. It stands out from the Vagrant stuff dramatically mm-hmm. you know because it's it this is this song is miles better than like a dashboard confessional song which is not arguably that God. different on paper you know so like th- it makes perfect sense to me finding this in 2002 and being like this is sick i think now so many bands have tried stuff like this have tried that power pop style have tried that straight up like singer songwriter thing where maybe in the present it just feels a little less special mm-hmm. but th- i think it's important to acknowledge why it had that feeling for so many people and it's why if i see them live and dan brings out an acoustic guitar and does this it's like yeah it's sick yeah cool for sure you yeah. know and it, it does break things up nicely i think similarly on remains it suffers because it follows hell yes which i think is just a fucking all-timer uh-huh and then you've got six more songs that are like well <laughs> These are some of the best they ever wrote. Yeah, so for it's, real. it's it, I think it's just always for me had an unfortunate placement. When I hear it in the wild or hear it randomly, I have nothing bad to say, but it's so rare it comes up. It's so funny, and I, it, it's it's interesting when you look at like the remains track list. The fact that it goes, hell yes, and then you know, standard break, dead end road, metro songs that you know I rate like as as yeah. pretty good. But once it hits that run, of, it's like it's like. I could very easily go just hell yes and then just go to Jake Don Green Beers and then just not touch Touch it again. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, too, is all three of those are kind of like Dead End Road feels more B-sidey. Metro is a one off type thing. Like, And I think in my brain, all those get lumped together because it's like this is going to sound disparaging. But like the first nine songs of Remains master class in Matt song, right? Oh my God. Yeah. And not to disparage Dan, who I think on the back half of remains really throws down some cool shit, but like when it's like, hell yes, Jake down green beers, war brain, queen of pain while you're waiting old school. Re- it's just like motherfucker, man. Like whew, there's a reason people chose you. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. And I think that, I think that Dan really finds himself on the b-sides of those lps but in this instance it didn't really connect to me i think that this song is it's an interesting look when you go to something like blue carolina Uh uh-huh where it's it's a little bit more like insight into dan as a person and you know someone who is speaking a little bit more plainly about what's going on in his life than Matt is at that time. And you really grow this closeness to Dan. And I think that this is a pretty interesting case of here's him trying that because I think a couple years before 
you might find the B side to be hell of hell yes to be hell yes Dan version. Yes, looking at totally. like I lied my face off or totally. something where he's he's going into into the dark spot. But I feel like you know the time of from here to infirmary is a really interesting time for Dan because he's trying to open himself up in a lot of different ways in his songwriting and the way that he's presenting himself to the audience in contrast to Matt. Yes, this is one of those moments where. Maybe the contrast diverts a little bit too much. Um, at, at least, I, just, I like full, full like report. I think that the that it's just it's a little bit too much of a thing. Yes, but I feel like where he goes with that into Good Morning, I think it's it's all part of a really good process. And so this, I think, could be interesting too if you look at it as kind of a a point on the journey for dan of yeah. really really hitting his stride and then continuing as a good like, songwriter i obviously don't know in what sequence this song and the infirmary songs were written mm-hmm. i'm not dan i wasn't there but i get the impression because this was all recorded basically together that this was the first thing he maybe wrote and because you see so much on Infirmary, we talked about another innocent girl. I think you see it on Crawl, where he's embracing open space a little bit. And yeah. you very much see that on Good Morning. I feel like this was the test. And then he kind of got weirder with it mm-hmm. and put more of his stamp on it. And that's what you see on songs like that. And especially on Good Morning, where it's like this, but a little more open, a little less rocky, a little less poppy, but it still has hooks. And I think that's the thing is like when I think of that era, that two to three year era of dance songs, they're all really fucking good. So like this being near the bottom is not bad. It just feels like it's just a high, high median. And it feels like the necessary thing to then have those other things come out to me because you don't see him going this poppy on any of that other stuff. And it feels like he had to learn how to do that. And I feel like this is the song where he really goes there. And then he learns how to do that in ways that are more subtle and and I like all that material more. Yeah, and I think that there's um, the plainness of it and the way that he's so direct and and still finding a way to say something that's just like, you know, so self-deprecating but also playful and fun and presented in a way that so many of us have, have latched on to. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really nice thing. It's a really totally. nice document to have. Yeah. Um, it is fun to see him, like, get into a little bit of subtlety back yes. up a little bit like i don't need to be like be more songwritery right right and and a little bit less of like i'm such a dope sometimes <laughs> yeah. but we all are and that's why that's why we like it yeah um what do you rate it i give it a three i'm gonna go three and a half sorebacks out of five yeah not bad not, not bad i'm old i got i got plenty of sorebacks going on right now especially when i can't use my core because yeah. of the stitches but all things are good. Um, this was a fun episode. This was one that I yes. was um, I was maybe a little bit worried about wondering Same. what we were going to talk about, kind of not having, you know, real strong opinions about this song. Yeah, but I think this is one of the few where you can, there's so many different things that happen in it. There's a lot to chew on and mm-hmm. kind of unpack why you like it or don't. It's such a fun era of uh, the band, too. It is. I think, I, go, go ahead. I was going to say, I do wish we had someone in here to like be like, all right, now tell us why you love it. Because I do think that's... When I hear people talk about the song and explain that, I always 
it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't agree, but I fucking love that excitement. So I'm sad we couldn't bring that to this one. Well, we should bring in your, your pal Jeremy because he's going to be back here soon. It would be nice oh, to yeah. have him back on the be nice to get. Well, we can we can talk about that off mic. Post pro, as it's called. But hey, uh, we are happy. Just in general, I'm like, honestly, I'm going to lay it all out here on the table. Um, having just gone through a really, really weird, uh, thing that happened to me and a long stretch of, uh, inactivity that followed that weird thing and maybe even getting a little bit weirder during those phases. Um, this is, uh, this is really the first thing that I've done Mm -hmm. in a few weeks and it's it's not even it's not even like riding a bike again it's it's like uh very fulfilling and uh it's nice to be able to share that with you feels good baby and uh and all of you out there i hope that this all finds you well and in and in good spaces and i hope that you enjoyed our chatter today and continue to come back and tell a friend and we invite you to check out that patreon patreon.com slash as you were still got a couple mugs left still got postcards we still got we got a good one in the works for sure i'm very stoked about that one um but yeah that's a way that you can help support the show help us uh, to continue to pay for the things that uh come up with doing it and making sure that the quality is good and that it's getting to you in the right and timely manner either way we'll be back with another one next week and we look forward to it we'll see you then thanks